from the prophet Amos. This is what God showed me. The Lord was standing beside a wall built with a plumb line, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And I said, a plumb line. And the Lord said, see, I am setting a plumb line in the midst of my people Israel. I will never again pass them by. He had passed over them several times when they deserved a little um, correction. The high places of Isaac shall be made desolate. The sanctuaries of Israel shall be laid waste. And I will rise against the house of Jeroboam with a sword. Whew. Plumb lines can be scary. And then the New Testament reading <clears throat> might sound familiar. Just then a lawyer, you could say Pharisee or Levite, stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And he said to him, well, what's written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength, or in some sort of order, and your neighbor as yourself. And he said, you've given the right answer, so go do it, and you'll live. But wanting to justify himself, the lawyer asked Jesus, so who is my neighbor? And Jesus told a story said a man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell into the hands of robbers who stripped him and beat him and went away leaving him half dead. The desolate road. Now, by chance, a priest was going down that road and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side and so likewise a Levite, so likewise one of you all, he's saying to his crowd, um, went by and passed him on the other side. But a Samaritan, while tra traveling, came near him, and when he saw him, he was moved with pity. And he went and bandaged his wounds, poured oil and wine on them. Oil keeps the bugs away. Wine is the antiseptic. Might have drunk a little wine. Then he put him on his own animal and brought him to an inn and took care of him. And the next day he took out two days' wages and gave him to the innkeeper. And he said, take care of him, and when I come back, I'll repay you whatever you spend. And Jesus said, what, which of these do you think was a neighbor to the man who fell among robbers? And he said, the one who showed mercy. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, teach us here about plumb lines and about your plumb line. Amen. So how many of you have hung wallpaper? And keep your hands up. How many of you were still married after doing it? So you may wonder why, you know, what is pertinent about this sermon because like Ellen, wallpaper went out in the 90s. But breaking news, Pinterest 2019 says it's back. 
It's back. And so for you Gen Xers and Millennials, um, here's a little guide and a brush up for those of us in Boomers and GIs. I don't know how many GIs will be wallpapering, but um, it's just a tip. The best technique to hang wallpaper is to start with a plumb line. Hang a plumb line and snap it. You put this blue chalk on it, you snap and you get the straight up and down so, it, so it'll be straight, right? Now, it's an old technology, even before lasers. Um, and, and maybe thousands of years old, that you get something heavy, it doesn't have to be lead, it could be a brick, a rock, a stone, your neighbor, wait, not your neighbor. Um, and, and it gives the true vertical. So it's essential, as Liz said, for, for building walls. It's also essential for hanging wallpaper. Now, thankfully, the trends this year are going to be big, bold prints, poppies, at $148 a roll from Anthropology. <clears throat> I don't know. Okay. And I say thankfully because if you want to save your marriage, do not hang striped wallpaper. Why? Because you get to the corner and... The wall is crooked. The wall is crooked. I used a plumb line. I set it up. I set it up. I get to the corner. I mean, there's like half of this stripe, half of the other one, and it's all messed up. Plumb lines and wallpaper, striped wallpaper, are not gracious or forgiving. They show you where you don't line up. Well, God and Israel knew about the purpose of plumb lines. And in today's Old Testament reading, he put a plumb line into the midst of Israel. Why? Because his people were crooked. His people, in the time of the most peace and prosperity Israel has ever had, 750 years before Christ, under King Jeroboam, Israel got too comfortable, got too complacent, got too self-centered. And it, they, they started getting crooked in their transactions and they would line their pockets with the prophets at the at the tares and the scales when they would exchange goods. And the rich got richer and the poor got poorer. Sound familiar? Sounds a lot like us. And Israel was trampling his people. God's people were trampling on the poor, taking advantage of them. And worship had been more of a, had become more of a performance than about God. And God was mad. My people are not being my people. And so he put a plumb line, <clears throat> a plumb line in the midst of Israel. And that plumb line was Amos. Ooh, poor Amos. Now prophets, remember, they aren't just fortune tellers. They, they can tell, they can sometimes speak to the future. But they're really mouthpieces for God. If God says it, 
The prophet says it. Poor Amos. Now, thankfully, Amos lived in in the south, in Judah, he prophesied in the north. That seems a little bit more comfortable um, because you can run home, right? <clears throat> and if you, to give you an idea of how crooked God's people were, the priests, so the church of the time, right? God's people, the church. The priest, Amaziah, right after our scripture today, goes to the king Jeroboam and tattles on Amos, saying, he's being mean to us. He's saying things that are harsh to our ears. Send him home. That's the church talking about the, the plumb line that God put in their midst. Plumb lines and striped wallpaper are unforgiving. They show where we don't line up. Now, you could say that, that God's law, in addition, is as unforgiving as a plumb line, right? I mean, there's a, it's a checklist. So first, we started with 10 do's and don'ts. You know, um, you, don't, you don't worship idols and you don't steal and you don't kill or murder. You don't, you don't cover. There's lots of things you don't. And then you do keep the Sabbath and you do honor your father and mother. I love that mothers are in there in a patriarchal society. Don't miss it. And so then come along, God's, you know, gets into these human hands. And, and those Ten Commandments, we split the hairs, don't we? We split the hairs and it, it expands to 613 commandments in the Torah. The first five books of the Old Testament for us. <clears throat> the Torah was the law. Exodus, particularly Leviticus and Deuteronomy. So the law was an unforgiving plumb line. Well, actually, no. Actually, no. Now, yes, the Ten Commandments did get to be 613, but the original t intent of the law, Hebrew, for Torah is not, is not law. It's instructions. It is actually from a verb that, that's like it, it's a, it points away, like an arrow, an archer. It's pointing the way of God. It's pointing to God. The target is God. That's what the Torah is. It says, you want to be about God? Be about what God is about. It all points to God. It's all about you. Um, God, the song we just sang. <clears throat> so we turn it into pluses and minuses and, and, um, and rules and regulations and, and showing how we don't line up, but we miss. <clears throat> Sorry. We're supposed to be about what God is about. God is about honor and relationship. And if you walk like God, and if you love like God, you will live like God. What must I do to inherit eternal life? 
And so unfortunately, the Torah had fallen into these human hands. It had become more about self-righteousness and self-wrongiousness. About self, self. Am I right? Am I wrong? Is he right? Is he wrong? Am I righter than he is? It's about self. It's not about God. The target's the wrong target. The law had become an unforgiving plumb line or a striped wallpaper. Shows where you don't line up, especially when he doesn't line up. Not he, but he. It brings us to the lawyer in today's New Testament reading. Now, don't you love lawyers? But they get a bad rap, y'all. Lawyers get a bad rap because we're all lawyers. We all got it in us. They just get paid to do it. We all split hairs and justify ourselves. And so in Jesus' time, as I said, the lawyer would have been a Pharisee or a Levite, and they would absolutely know the Torah. And so in verse, five, verse 25, the lawyer stood up to test Jesus. What should I do to inherit eternal life? He wanted to trap Jesus. He wanted Jesus to contradict something in the law of Moses. <clears throat> well, you see that the problem is that the Pharisees had, had looked at the law as this checklist and Jesus knew that the Torah, the law, was the way to God. <clears throat> and so that didn't really line up, did it? And so what does Jesus do? He asks, he answers a question with a question. It's a good tactic, parents. And he says, you, what's written there? What do you read? Actually, he's asking, what verse are you going to quote? You tell me. And so, that's, that's kind of a hard thing because there's 613 of these laws. What's the most important? Well, this lawyer, this Pharisee, was exactly on it. He knew exactly what to quote. Went straight to the rock of their, um, of the entire culture of God's people, the Shema. You've heard of it, perhaps. Shema in Hebrew is hear. Not just hear, but hear and do. <clears throat> if you hear it, you better do it, if it's from God. And it says, the Lord our God is uh, one, the, one, the Lord alone, you shall love your God with all your heart. That means your whole heart. With all your soul, your whole soul. With all your might, with, all, with your entire strength. Keep these words that I'm commanding in your heart. That's how important they are. Recite them to your kids. Talk about them when you're at home and away. When you lie down, when you rise, the, this is the most important commandment. <clears throat> and then he says, then he also quotes from Leviticus 19, verse 8. It's way back here. You ought to look at it. Particularly chapter 19, because it's the mercy law. And he says, love your neighbor as yourself. 
And Jesus says, bingo, now go live it. Walk in the way of God and you'll live. I love verse 29. <clears throat> Wanting to justify himself, beep, 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 beep. Wanting to justify himself, he split hairs. Now, we have never done that. We have never said, oh, they really didn't need that anyway. We have never said, well, I was really only borrowing it and then forgot to give it back. We've never said, Tom, I saved you $300 today. Of course, I spent 1000 but I didn't mention that to him. We've never said, who is my neighbor? When we start self-justifying, we're about self-righteousness or self-wrongiousness. We're about self. We aren't about God. Leviticus, law on mercy, is not about self. It's about how to love. And so Jesus told a parable, and the Jews would hear it different than we would. Um, it, the Jew would know that that man coming down from Jerusalem, Jerusalem's up on a mountain, and the Temple Mount is the highest point. And so the Jew walking down that road, I mean, they knew it was a Jew. He didn't have to say it's a Jew. So they knew it's one of us. Someone has beat one of us up and left them for dead on that desolate road in the desert. Treacherous. And then a priest came. Don't miss it. A priest came, was going down that road down that road, the priest was coming from Jerusalem. From Jerusalem. The priest has already been to the temple. Now, we think, as we're reading, oh, you know, they're the purity laws. He didn't, he, he, uh, he didn't want to get his hands dirty because he would have to do all of this ritual cleansing if he touched this blood on the man. There are the purity laws. The priest had to follow the purity laws because he was headed to worship. He was headed from worship, and the Jews that heard knew it. And the priest justified himself and split hairs and chose the purity laws over the laws of mercy. And he walked by. The Levite, Levites knew the law. They were the keepers of the law. They were scribes, right? They knew the law. Same thing. And then a scumbag Samaritan came. Oh my gosh, they are just hideous. <laughs> and that man was about what God was about. And he took his resources and he had compassion and he had mercy and he went the second mile and made sure that the guy was taken care of. And Jesus asked a question. He answered the question with question. So who was the neighbor? Now, you know when the lawyer asked it, he was saying, how, how do I be right? How, if I have to love my neighbor, how do I be right? 
and who is my neighbor and who do I have to love? And Jesus says, you be the, you be the one that's been sliced up on the road. You'll recognize who the neighbor is. It's the one with mercy. And Jesus says, go do it. Now the law seems like an unforgiving plumb line, like striped wallpaper that's going to point out how we don't line up. But God's love, law of love is the plumb line that he puts in us, in our midst. The true Torah was a plumb line of love and relationship. Amos came as a plumb line. Jesus came as a plumb line. All of these to point the way to God and the church today is the plumb line. The body of Christ. We are Christ. We're supposed to point the way to God. We're supposed to be about what God's about and live it. Not just talk about it. We're supposed to build relationships wherever we go. Square yourselves with the plumb line of love and live it and you will live. I guess you know that my sermon's not about wallpaper. But even so, I think that, and in fact, I'm almost positive, Jesus is going to be so excited about the trends of 2019 because they're big, bold, forgiving prints, and the corners don't have to line up. He would never do that stripe stuff. Amen. Let us pray.